Welcome to Getting It Together. I'm your host, Erin Heidelberger, the OG Git Mom. What is Git Mom? It's a philosophy, a way of life, and a national movement, if I do say so myself, that's helping moms everywhere get it together. G-I-T. Get it? I am a certified parent coach and the founder of Get Mom. I empower moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call motherhood. I want to welcome you to a whole new way of thinking about parenting. The secret formula to creating a happy family is, wait for it, to put yourself front and center. Get Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than her kids. I give moms simple one, two, three steps to parent more effectively and efficiently. The end goal is always to carve out happy mommy time for you because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy children. Every podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to talk about how they get off Mommy Island, how they put the me in mommy, and what they do to get it together. My dream for this podcast is to be the answer to your parenting woes. So let's get into it. You've heard her name before because Kathy Quo is everywhere. She's a businesswoman, an interior designer, a TV star, and of course, a mom. Some even call her the international guru of lifestyle and design. And for very good reason. As the CEO of Kathy Quo Home, her furniture, decor, and design company, as well as the brain behind the quotes, her online design resource, she has created a platform where people can go to imagine and create and where story becomes design. I am so excited to have you here, Kathy. I am a giant consumer of home and lifestyle content, and you really are creating the best of the best. But before we dive in on your dream job, let's talk about that other big job, being a mom. So tell us about your family. Was becoming a mother something you always planned to do, or or what was that journey like? Oh my gosh. So my brother, I'll just talk about my brother for two seconds because he just had a baby 12 days ago. I'm reminded once again about just the incredible journey that it is. That's, you know, motherhood, you know, you forget about it because you're, you know, your, your days and your nights and your years sort of start blending together. But yes, I always wanted to be a mom. I like, can't really, it's like, it's almost like it's hard to even imagine what my life was like before I had children. First of all, like, what did I do with all my time before I had children? Like, I agree. <laughs> right? What were we doing? Yeah. Laying on the couch. Now, Erin, you have a few. Do you have kids yourself? Yes, I have three boys. You have three boys. Oh my gosh. Wow. And how old are they? They are 8, 12, and 16. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So you're a little bit ahead of me in that sense. So um, everything that I'm telling you, you're probably going to be rolling your eyes and say, of course, yep, yep, yep. Got that. So yeah, always wanted to be a mom, but you know, just never really truly understood like how much impact and how much joy it would bring to my life, you know? Um, and they always say like, well, were you going to love your second one as much as you love your first one? And I just say, it's like, it's like the Grinch, like your heart just grows more. It's incredible. And tell me, tell us, um, how many kids you have and their names and where you guys live. Uh-huh. So I have two kids. Um, I have a four-year-old named 
William. Um, he goes by Didi, which is spelled D-I-D-I, which means little brother in Chinese. Um, and his mm. older sister, Maya, is seven years old. And so he's in junior kindergarten and she is in second grade. We live in New York City and uh, they were born in New York City, raised in New York City. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think it's so exciting that you are raising your kids in New York City. And what an amazing place to encourage imagination and exploration. Our boys, they were born in the city of Chicago. And even though we now live in this tiny mountain town, they're always going to be city kids. And did you always envision raising a family in a big city? And what do you love or maybe not love about it? Yeah, great question. You know, I think um, I definitely fantasize about the times, you know, your life a little bit right now of having, you know, a cow in the backyard, like you just said, um, and, you know, <laughs> that sort of pastoral life in Vermont. COVID has definitely sort of put things more in perspective. But I think, um, you know, I grew up in a city suburb in Boston, in a town called Brookline. I, I feel like a lot of people who grew up in Boston would know Brookline. And I've always loved going into the city, even as a kid. I remember as soon as I graduated college, you know, after I did TV for a little bit in Boston, I immediately moved to New York. And every time I like leave for say vacation or summer rental somewhere, I always love coming back. You know, the cityscape, the energy, like the diversity, the excitement. I just love it. Like, you know, that feeling when you drive into the city and you see the cityscape and I've just got like Alicia Keys, like New York, like pumping in my veins. And I, it, yeah, I just like, I, I feel so expansive, creative, you know, it's the city in which I grew up in. I found my people here. I fell in love here. I learned something new every day here. Um, and it's where I started a family. And so, um, and separately, my entire immediate family also lives in New York. So my brother, who is also an entrepreneur, lives in downtown Tribeca. And my mom and dad live in Forest Hill, Queens. So, you know, for that reason alone, when people are like, well, where's home for you? Home for me is where my home is, but also where my immediate family is. So that happens to be New York. I'll also say that separately, I spend a lot of my spare time just like thinking excessively about food, like preparing food, eating it. Like, what do I want to eat first? <laughs> um, what do I want to order? And there, I got to say, there's really no food scene like New York City. There just really isn't a comparison. Like, I don't I mean, I've been to many, many cities. And ultimately, I just keep coming back to like, I can wake up and have, you know, a cloud food tea pastry from Le Parisien, or I could have, you know, soup dumplings by lunch and a pad thai by dinner. And that to me is like, incredible. Also, I think like, you know, New York City gets sort of a bad reputation for like not being super kid friendly, but you know, where I live, you know, on the Upper West Side, like the neighborhoods, like I call it Strollerville. I mean, there's strollers everywhere. And I almost think that it's even more kid friendly than being in the suburbs only because you don't have to drive anywhere and you see your neighbors, you see everybody at the park. And my kids grow up like in the museums, they do playdates in Central Park and they experience diversity and race, religion, heritage with other kids. And I also want to say the pool of parenting bodies is also incredibly interesting. You know, my kids go to school with other kids that are like New York Times writers, that are climate changers, statesmen, researchers, doctors. And to be able to grow around the richness that supports this network is so incredible. And what I don't love is all the things that you love about being in Vermont. It's expensive to live in the city. It's definitely true. You know, sometimes I crave having a little bit more space and I absolutely crave greenery around me and, you know, just a little, little bit more space. But 
Other than that, I think if you have a release valve that allows you to get out of the city and into nature, I think that you've got the best of both worlds if you can swing it. And like, seriously, what an extra weird time to be a parent, especially in New York City with everything that you guys have been living with during this pandemic. Over the last six months, I have noticed how the pandemic has really accentuated certain styles of parenting in my Get Mom clients. So I'm going to name five types of pandemic moms (laughs) that I've identified. And I want you to tell me which one you think you are. Okay, so there's five. We have the martyr mom (laughs) and she feels like she has to do it all and be it all for her children and will not ask for help. Then we have the guilty mom. She's just completely at a loss in this quarantine situation. And she feels like her child's lack of opportunities are all her fault. Then we have the ZF mom, zero fucks. She's loving life. She was already pretty loose. And the pandemic has really given her permission to let go and go hard. And then there's the evolved mom. She's taken advantage of 2020 to better herself and her family. And lastly, the paralyzed mom who has lost her mojo and her parenting compass. So the million dollar question is, which one do you think you are and why? Oh my gosh, Erin, what an incredible list. Um, (laughs) I just just threw a lot at you. No, that's incredible. I think suffice to say that um, I experienced a little bit of all of the above. I get it. There are moments, I think, in the early days where I was just in paralysis. Uh And then after paralysis came zero fucks given. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. after zero fucks given came, you know, so I think, I think, let's just put it this way. I've evolved. I'm an evolved mom because I've evolved through all those Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) I get it. I know. I'm I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't care. Um, and no, I need to care. Actually, I can't care. And so I think ultimately at the end of the day, I think the pandemic has made me overall feel less guilty about, um, being a parent because I can spend, I spend more time with them now. And I actually do pick up some drop-offs because I'm just home a lot more. You know, my kids are also at that age. Like you, your kids get it. Like my kids basically assume when I'm at home, like I'm just a bit like I'm playing, right? Like they don't care that I'm on a call. They don't care that I'm doing anything. Like they don't care that I'm on a podcast, right? I basically have to like lock them in their room. I need to like get a podcast done like this today. But yeah, they, um, they pretty much, you know, assume that I'm just available to them all the time. And, you know, as a result, I actually think I make more time to be present with them. And as a result, I think I feel less guilty, which is a good thing. Uh, Am I less productive? Absolutely. But I think that being able to see my kids more has been um, a really, really positive change and I'm really embracing it. And I don't want them to, like that being said, I am grateful that they're in school and they're not at home. I, this would be a very different conversation if they were at home. I mean, I would probably say that I'm a zero fox given mom if they were at home. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. So when I picture you guys, the three of you, you're in your New York City apartment. You came out of quarantine. Thank God 
your children are at school. Like I really start to get itchy. You know, that's why we moved to Vermont. So everyone can just yeah. be outside and get out. Basically just, they need to get out of my face, which is like so great about living <laughs> in Vermont because yeah, right. My children, you know, all the boys, they were raised, they were born in the city of Chicago. And mm. the only time they would get out of my face was to go play in the alley, you know, behind the garage, which I would have to sit in the alley to make sure, yeah. you know, no one took off with them. But anyway, all right. So how, yeah. how did you, <laughs> how have you managed to keep the kids as you call them in my research thing one and thing two, think calm, two yes. when you guys were in quarantine and the protesting and the homeschooling and all of the insanity, how did you just keep it together? Oh my God. Great question. So Erin, I definitely commiserate with you in terms of like, you know, physical education right now at the kids school is like, like done on the street. I mean, like my kids basically play on the streets now, you know, obviously they, they cordon off the streets, but I think somebody, I forget who gave me this piece of advice one time and I'll share it with you guys that, um, you know, kids require somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes of special time per day, 15 minutes at the minimum. And by the way, 15 minutes is like seemingly a very, very short amount of time, but has a significant benefit if you can, if you could actually just be fully present for 15 minutes. And so what you do is you literally for 15 minutes, you obviously like shut your phone off and you, you are in the physical same, you know, room with them. But what you do for 15 minutes is you literally repeat back to them everything that they say to you. So for example, do you want to play Lego? Um, and then you would say, do you want mommy to play Lego with you? So repeating literally back to them for what they like, everything that they ask you for 15 minutes, like it, it seems super, super weird, but it's that moment in which right, they- like you're like a robot. Yeah, totally. But they totally, <laughs> what am I doing? it's the weirdest feeling because you're like, I hear you. But what's important is that they, that you acknowledge it and that they hear you hearing them. Does that make sense? And you're right. You're, you are validating their wants and needs for 15 100%. minutes. Yeah. For 15 minutes. So for 15 minutes, and sometimes we call it special time for 30 minutes. So I'm going to do special time right now with Didi and like Maya, you have to sort of like give us space and she will do that. And then, you know, separately, I do also think it's helpful to do special time individually with your kids because so many of the times when they fight, it's literally because they want attention from me. Like they're not getting enough attention from me. So special time, repeat back to them what they say for 15 minutes. You sound like a crazy person, but they feel so bonded and connected to you at the end of the day. And like, you'll just feel like you want a trophy at the end. So I'll share that tip with you. Hopefully, you know, that will help a little bit. It certainly helped me. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Too. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. 15 minutes. Like I like a plan. Yeah. Here's, here's what it is. Here's the time limit. Do it. Make a difference in your kid's life. And no one's going to uh, want to tear their hair out. You know, right. It's not like we're just going to sit on the floor and play trains for an hour. No, they just want to be just heard. So That's it. They just want to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on top of that amazing parenting tip, you are running your own business. Mm -hmm. And a huge goal of my coaching business is to help women follow their passions and not just mm. give up on that part of themselves when they became mothers. So I want to talk more about Kathy Quo as career woman. Yeah. So tell us about your journey to becoming an interior design expert. Oh, 
Let's see. So I'll start from the top. I'll the macro piece of it is that it's been an organic journey. I didn't sort of um, decide that I wanted to have a huge business, um, and obviously, huge is all you know relative. You know, it's huge, fifty million, hundred million, a billion. You know, I'll leave that up to you how you guys want to interpret that. But you know, I grew up to a family of my my dad was a diplomat, and so I traveled around so much as a kid. And when I say travel, I don't mean like going to exotic places. I mean, literally just like coming home from school and having a new house to move into, um, in a different city, like still in the, like still in the same like city, but just like in a different house. And so, you know, like totally not glamorous, but just, you know, constantly was moving. And, you know, I think ever since I was a kid, I just was like, like either I'm going to sign myself up for adoption and like move into another family <laughs> or I can just embrace this and, you know, redecorate my room as I, as I go. And, you know, when I was a kid, I started redecorating, um, you know, I would create like these like really sweet, intimate spaces. I had about 60 or 80 stuffed animals, which I called stuffies. And so all of my stuffies would have like little banquette seat areas to like hang out on or like little hammock seats to hang out on. Um, and I would create these like little sort of magical interiors for them you know, building forts and things like that. And that kind of like naturally led me to basically pursue a design, you know, degree at Rhode Island School of Design, which then ultimately in a serendipitous kind of way, you know, I, I was modeling all throughout sort of college and a little bit in my tail end of high school. And so after college, I ended up landing a TV job called um, Knock First, which um, was produced by the same guys that produced the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And this was like right when like reality TV was like just starting to hit the scene. Like in the Stone and Ages? I was, yeah, <laughs> like in the Stone Ages, like when we were like, no, the camera's just going to keep rolling. We're like, what do you mean? That's crazy. And so, yeah, it would just be like, you know, these like, 12 hour days in which I would be on set, like, you know, redesigning and interfacing with these teenagers. Mind you, I was like, basically a teenager. And my concept of like redesigning teenagers' bedrooms, like, well, clearly everything they want would be like faux fur, right? Like I'll just glue faux fur to everything. <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. Um, but it made for a really good TV show. I had the best time. I learned so much on how to create like drama and, you know, visual presentations on camera. And, you know, that ultimately led me to my next job, which was um, actually furniture design, furniture and product design, of which is what I sort of studied in college. I, I did that for about four and a half years, traveled the world, you know, teaching, you know, artisans in different countries on how to produce goods. Nope, you know, this is a quarter of an inch fillet, not a three eighths of an inch. The way to make Shanghai red is you've got to do black under gold and red under black, like so that when it rubs back, you get a little bit of black and a little bit of red. Like that's how you produce the best patina for Shanghai red. You know, things like this, like really teaching the artisans on how to create like beautiful bespoke furniture. And so did that for four and a half years. And in 2008, the recession hit. I don't know, like if you guys remember, that was a harrowing time. Like my old boss used to go into the bathroom, like unscrewing light bulbs just to save money. Whoa. Like it's crazy Whoa. when I even think back about like, you know, the things you would do to go save your business, right? Like literally, like if that's going to save me $5, like I'm going to do that. And by the way, like I so respect um, the business that he runs and he's actually that vendor is actually one of our top 25 vendors today. So goes full circle. Um, so I was laid off from that job. But one of the things that 
you know, I was sort of tasked to do was look for ways in which to, you know, figure out how to get rid of excess inventory. And so, you know, I researched some books and, you know, at that time there was just eBay, like, like who uses eBay anymore? It's like the weirdest thing. Right. So, um, you know, I was researching how to sell on eBay and how to like sell online. Like, what does that even mean? How do you get a platform and kind of just put one foot in front of the next. And then 2012 is when I officially launched Kathy Quo. You know, the real reason behind it was I was, you know, I had a, I guess you would say like a, a cute apartment at that point on 75th in Amsterdam. And I had lots of friends that were like, we love the way you designed your space. Will you help me decorate mine? And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, I could totally do that for you. And because I was already a product designer and I already ran all the software for CAD and Illustrator and Photoshop, like I was like, this is so easy. This is a no-brainer. This is literally just putting things into a three-dimensional plan. One foot in front of the next, Irene, you know, like, you know, small projects became large projects, large projects became hospitality projects. And then, you know, the dot-com was born. And then we realized on the dot-com side, when people would call us, they're like, they're not asking us, like, do you, you know, carry this item in blue? They're like, I like the sofa. What looks good next to it? Can you help me? And we're like, wait a second. Like, when anybody's shopping for furniture, they're like on a design journey. Like, we need to support them through that journey and like help them basically outfit their whole room. Like, I'm sure you furnished your home before. And like, isn't it so painful to like buy things one at a time? You're like, well, I don't know how that's going to look in my house. Like, I don't know how that's going to look next to the nightstand that I already have. Or like, what looks good? Like, what rug do I get underneath it? Is it the right size? It's like all these like anxiety producing questions that just like really can be solved through an interior designer, you know? And so our goal was basically like, how can we create like back to the TV days, like these jaw dropping moments um, and recreate that sort of feeling over and over again for as many people as possible. And with that core mission in mind, that's what we wake up and strive to do every single day. How can we get more people to just love where they live? So that's where we are today. All right. So obviously you don't know this, but we are building a mountain home and we are eight weeks out. It is so exciting, but I am literally in, in like terrified mode because exactly what you just touched on now, now we're in all of the, like the fun decision. I I have to, I keep telling myself they're fun decisions, but they're crucial decisions because furniture is really expensive and it takes a long time to come to your home and then you have no idea how it's going to work within the space. So I want to take advantage of you Absolutely. being here for a little bit of free advice. And as we're on the home stretch of designing yeah. the home and I'm pouring over websites and magazines, what do you feel moms can or should focus on in their home environments to spark joy and happiness and just contentment? Mm. So I want to say, first off, you know, we are living in, in a COVID era, right? So everyone is at home. I think it being really, really, really organized with, you know, where you keep things, meaning it's really important to like, just have like, you know, a catalog of like where things go um, and know that like, you know, there's a defined place for things where when they like, you know, everyone that has that, you know, proverbial junk drawer, or um, I'll call it like, you know, the area where all the kids toys just kind of end up piling up at the end of the day. I want to say like, I've, I found so much contentment in literally just like almost what I'll call like inboxing everything into a pile and outboxing them into different categories so that I can visually be organized with where things go. Um, 
I don't know if you know this, but like every single plant in nursery has been sold out in New York City. Like you literally cannot even buy a succulent in New York City. Are you kidding? No, we, you can't buy we anything. It, we can't buy trees. Yeah, there's no we trees, need trees for our for our totally. new house. Yeah. No everybody's like, purchased every single tree out there. So whatever you can get your hands on, you know, create, you know, try to bring the nature inside if you can. Right. Um, I just recently became a new plant mom and, um, you know, just got my, got sort of a first, you know, um, crash course in, in how to be a horticulturalist or a botanist, if you will, on how to, you know, trim myrtle branches and, you know, how to water olive trees. And it's just been so, so fun doing that. So. I would say, you know, organization and bringing the nature inside will certainly help spark more joy. And we all need to be plant moms. And of course, we're all get moms, badass get moms. So there are always going to be little hands and sometimes big hands pulling at you from a hundred directions. But the key is to be able to prioritize and focus and then forgive yourself when things go sideways. What struggles have you yourself face as a mom and what changes did you make as a result? Wow, that's a pretty broad question, Erin. Let's see. I think at the end of the day, you realize that there's going to be 20 balls in the air and maybe eight of them are going to hit the ground, right? Um, and just being clear on which eight you you consciously allow hit the ground, I think is the most important thing. Um, for me, because of COVID, I, you know, try not to take any calls between six and nine. I make it a point to always have meals with my children. Um, and again, the special time, 15 minutes, 30 minutes with each one of them separately. And so six and nine to even sometimes 10 o'clock is a time in which I really, really, really make it an effort to shut down and just be with them. And then of course, do I wake back up after I put them back to sleep? Cause you know, I usually probably doze off with them for about 15, 20 minutes as I'm putting them down. Who like, who doesn't do that? By the way, that's, I think actually the best sleep I ever get is the 15 to 20 minutes that I'm passed out with them. And then like the sleep that I actually get through the night is pretty terrible. It's like a disc. You're, you're like taking a disco nap. Yeah. Right? I think actually, like remember when we would go party oh my God, in I college? Love the disco <laughs> the disco I recently read a meme where it was like, why is it so much? Why do you sleep so much better when you're trying not to on the couch versus when you try to in bed? Right. So after that, I will wake up and, you know, like put my pajamas back on because I'm like falling asleep in my normal clothes and my work clothes. I put pajamas back on and then I basically work till one or two in the morning. And that's actually an incredibly productive, you know, mind expanding time for me because nobody's talking to me. I don't have any meetings. My phone's not ringing and I get so, so much done then. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, like you were just mentioning, you know, the five types of moms, you know, you, you kind of you just have to give yourself a break. Like I kind of like, I just like, I think I'm generally a fairly happy, optimistic person. I think when things are like sort of stressing me out, um, I kind of just like change my mindset about it. And like, you know what? Like I am fairly lucky. I live in the best city in the world. I have the two of the most incredible kids. I'm doing what I love. Like life's good. Like, like everything else can suck, but like the, the, you know, the, the large headlines of my life are like, not, this is great. You know, my brother just had a baby. My mom and dad are healthy. You know, I don't have COVID. I'm feeling all, I'm feeling I'm great vibes. Like I'm all about this. I know. Just yes. Happiness. Yes. And it's all Positivity. about the energy you put yeah. out in the world. Right. And I'm all about just putting out positive energy. All right. So tell us yeah. as a busy mom and business owner, how are you finding the time to put the me in mommy? How am I finding the time to put the me in mommy? I don't. 
I will say that that's an area that I have to work on. I will say that as a mom, the minute you have children, the minute and you get it, you have three, you've done this three X times and all the moms listening out there, you totally get the minute you have children, you immediately have mom guilt because you immediately feel that anytime you put yourself ahead of them, you feel like you're doing something terrible and bad. Um, I will say the only thing that like really I try to prioritize is trying to get like seven hours of sleep. This has not been a priority for me in the past. It has been, you know, really repeatedly reminded to me with my friends and people around me to be like, this is the single most important thing you can do for yourself. My brother, who's a doctor, is literally like, I don't care if you have everything in your life. If you don't have health, you have nothing. And so you have to prioritize your health. And if the first thing you can prioritize, if you can't work out, you can't eat well, you can't do any of the above to ensure that you're a happy, healthy person, the only thing that you can do is to ensure that you sleep. So I make it a point to try to get at least seven hours. I probably on average get five, but at least it's something that I try to prioritize. And on the weekends, um, I'll try to get a little bit more, but that's, you know, that's, that's as much as I can do right now. I'm, you know, trying to, you know, put in 15 minutes a day to, to do a little bit of, you know, physical activity. And I'm fairly mindful of what I put in my mouth. Um, but other, other than that, you know, I, um, I, I just try to, you know, stay positive, um, stay present for my kids and um, try to get a little bit of sleep. Not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so great to talk to you today. And I know our listeners have been out there taking notes on all of your personal wisdom that you just shared with us. And so for everyone hoping to follow along with your career and family, how does my audience find you? Oh my gosh, so easy. So it's just my first name and my last name. My first name is Kathy. So it's K-A-T-H-Y. My last name is Quo, K-U-O. And you can basically find us on Instagram. You can find us online. It's kathyquohome.com. And if you don't type in home, if you just go to kathyquo.com, you can also find us there. Um, we have so much inspiration, so much incredible, wonderful product. We have an incredible blog that is chock full of mommy advice, you know, things um, that talk about strollers and, you know, decorating and organization. And, and you know a fun a fun fun read if you will but um so much content there definitely check it out thank you for joining kathy and me today i hope we inspired you to put the me in mommy even with your disco nap that is your 15 minutes of mommy time do not think any differently and you can find kathy at her website and on instagram at kathy quo home and that is kathy with a k like she said be sure to follow me on instagram and facebook at get mom and check out my website getmom.com to learn more about how to get it together for now this is erin your biggest cheerleader here to help you get it together moms this podcast was recorded by Hanger Studios.